Welcome to this episode of IG Talk with Robert Smallwood, where we feature interviews with IG leaders from around the globe, as well as discussions of IG news, events and best practices. Today on IG Talk, we have Kevin Andreessen, who is with Qualcomm, he's Senior Director of Business Development in the Internet of Things Unit. Kevin, welcome to the program. Thank you. Happy to be here. That's great. Um, we're here to talk about mostly about an innovative product that uh, you've been working with Qualcomm on that solves uh, an issue, I think, that a lot of information governance professionals uh, might have. And um, that's the problem of, well, we're working remote more and more now, and we're doing Zoom calls like we're doing here, and we have to share files. And so what happens with those copies and what happens if we do have a, a digital copy of those files and that starts floating around and, and how can this new product uh, or, or this new uh, add-on or development to the product in direct office, how does that address that? So can, can you give us sort of the, the use case, the background, the, the, the issue and, and, um, and, and how you solve it with this new technology? Sure, sure. It's a great question. So yeah, unlike most of your guests, I'm not a, an IG professional, but through identifying these use cases, uh, we've come up to speed really quickly. And now the, the, what you described, feel like I'm out here sounding the alarm. And what it is, is that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of ways for Microsoft Office files to be shared. And if you're sharing them for collaboration, if you're trying to edit them, usually that's inside, it's trusted, you're okay. What we're trying to look out for is the case when something is created and now it's being shared for consumption. And the dirty secret is even though Microsoft Office is the, the most ubiquitous uh, application out there, the most files, that in almost every application, you can't look at it without actually opening Microsoft Office. And to open Microsoft Office, you need to get a local copy. Uh -huh. So when that happens, everybody knows the problem. If you've got an email client, a large enough business, something comes from the outside, you're going to have a banner that warns you, hey, be careful, don't open any attachments. If you do, definitely don't enable any macros. They know the problem. And you think about ransomware, malware. But it's actually more subtle than that because when you share this content and you want to see what's inside, you've created a digital duplicate. You've created a local copy and that local copy is no longer being managed. As you described, especially now that a lot of people are doing hybrid and remote work, that local copy is not only on an individual's uh, PC desktop, but that desktop itself is outside of the security of the corporate network. Right. So when that happens, now you have the uh, opportunity for data exfiltration. You have the opportunity for uh, data privacy violations because there can be sensitive data in those documents that are shared. So when we talk about Zoom as an example, you can, through the default Zoom setup, you can invoke file sharing uh, through chat. When you do that, you're actually sharing a copy of the file. Yeah. So no matter how well protected, exactly, no matter how well protected the source file is, 
If I'm going to share it to you, especially outside my organization, I'm giving you a copy of that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's risky. And so many organizations disable the functionality entirely. You can't do file sharing in Zoom. Mm-hmm. Now, in Microsoft Teams, they approach it differently. Microsoft Teams, of course, has access directly to Office. So when you share in Teams, the default is when you click on it, a preview window shows up still within Teams. Mm-hmm. And for further security, the sender can check a box whether or not that file could be downloaded on the other side. Okay. So if you have something you want to talk about, you want the other party to see what you're talking about, but you don't want them to have the source data, you can do that in Teams. You can't do it in Zoom and you can't do it in many, many line of business applications that store Microsoft Office files, but don't have a viewer. Mm-hmm. And uh, this also has some ramifications for e-discovery and litigation too, right? Because now you may have these errant copies out there floating around in people's houses at their home office. And, you know, from a records management standpoint, if that document has met its life cycle requirements, you need to disposition it. And most of the time that means destroy it. And how do you find all those errant copies that are out there that have been made all around in, in various Zoom calls? And um, and then if it's needed in litigation, how do you collect them? And how do you know which one is the copy of record and so forth? So it's got some some ramifications legally there as well. Absolutely. And it's and it's the most innocent thing. All I want to do is look at the document. Mm -hmm. Nobody thinks through in order to look at the document. I need my local copy so I can launch office. It's it's just so easy to do that people don't think about the risk. Mm -hmm. So how do you solve that problem? How do you solve that issue? How do you provide access to the document, but without requiring any download? So that's what brought me into the world of IG is uh, our company, Qualcomm, through acquisitions, uh, has brought through my division, which came originally out of the printer world. And we wanted to solve a similar problem. Can you directly print Microsoft files without a PC, without a driver? the same way you could do it with PDF. Mm-hmm. Turns out to be a crazy hard problem because Office was never really designed to do that. Um, so we put in a lot of hard work, have some patented technologies so that what we what we present looks good. And a couple of years ago, as part of Qualcomm, we were we were tasked, where else can we use this technology? And that's when we started to identify, oh, we can build it as a portable SDK, a library or a web service that developers of these line of business applications who have access to Office files, they can use our solution as a converter that turns it into a read-only image format or a read-only PDF, which is much more secure and can be made to only live you know, in the moment that it's being viewed. So you don't need the local copy in order to see what's inside. So you can see it and then it goes away when you're not, when you're done. With it. Exactly. Oh, and just and to back up, be, just to back up a please. sec for, for those that aren't in the software world, uh, SDK is software development kit, right? Software development kit. Exactly. It's a library that we expect our customers to include as just a piece of their overall workflow. 
Mm-hmm. It's just adding an extra piece of functionality. But by doing it this way, they avoid exposing their customers to, to these kind of risks. Uh-huh. So you you could be providing this SDK to uh, other application developers to integrate it within their software? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Very good. Uh, and so this has privacy uh, ramifications as well. We, we I mean, uh, there was California CCPA, now it's CPRA, which is more uh, stringent. And this addresses some of those concerns as well, right? Sure. The example we talked about there is uh, thinking about recruiting and where an applicant will send in a resume. It gets uploaded into uh, what's called an applicant tracking system, and that will scan and try to extract all of the fields, name, phone number, education, experience. But what we learned is the recruiters don't trust the application tracking systems, and they often want to go back and look at the source resume. Well, here Mm -hmm. we go again. That resume was submitted as a Word file. In order to see what's inside, you have a local copy. So a not uncommon workflow is one or more recruiters or even contractors are going to process that resume on its way in or out for a given uh, a given job opening. And then the hiring manager and the people on the interview list, boom, boom, boom. Each one of them wants to look at the resume. Boom, boom, boom. Each one of them is opening up a local copy on their version of Microsoft Office. And the applicant doesn't get the job. And she exercises her right to be forgotten, data subject rights. And naively, the HR department, the IT department think, no worries, I will just delete that source resume from my ATS because that's where the truth lived. And they're not aware of or don't think about all of those other copies that potentially still live on somebody else's PC because all they wanted to do was see what was in the resume. Now, if the the, uh, HCM human capital management system had a built-in viewer like direct office, you keep the resume on the host. You keep the resume locked down. Everybody sees what they need to see. And when they're done, it's, it's gone. It never left the the central repository. Mm -hmm. What about from a cybersecurity standpoint, uh, people could say, well, you can pull it up on a viewer, but what's to keep people from just taking screenshots? So how do you address that? (laughs) And we didn't catch that right away. So when customers started pressing us on that loophole, we realized that, you know, systems, uh, standards bodies, there's an existing uh, world where that kind of sensitive data is marked with a watermark for traceability. And Mm -hmm. so we added that functionality to direct office. So as you render convert from the office file into one of these read-only formats, a user-specified watermark can be applied to it. And then it was exciting, having developed that part of the technology, we found more uses. So Microsoft... um, has something originally called Azure information tags that allow you to alongside the data in a little wrapper around the file, you can define this is confidential, this is top secret. We in direct office, we can take that tag, read it, and then turn that into a visible um, watermark across the page. 
And then we also found out for customers in legal fields, they have a, a use case of combining files into, into case portfolios. And they might be Word, they might be Excel, they might be PDF all mixed together. And historically on paper, that was also Bates stamped, which is a serialization. So you know exactly what each piece of evidence is. We can use the same watermark functionality to apply Bates stamps. Mm-hmm. Bates is a B-A-T-E-S, right? Bates. Correct. Yep. In the, in the legal field. Um, and so if people are interested in checking this out, where can they go to get some more information? Sure. So uh, Qualcomm has a uh, sample previewer that allows you not only to learn more, but to actually uh, try your files and, and see the output for yourself. It's at directoffice, all one word, dot Qualcomm, two M's, dot com. Qualcomm is Q-U-A-L-C-O-M-M, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. And from that page, you can see if you're a user, you can see the quality. If you're a developer, you can see a sample web services API that people have used to to prototype. Mm -hmm. And it has links to contact us as well as to the main Qualcomm.com site where you can get more information. Sounds great. Sounds like a great solution. And uh, some people might not even be aware of the problem, I think. Uh, so exactly. really good to elucidate that potential problem, especially with all the remote work that's going on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's just pivot a little bit. I'm wondering, I, I see an electronic keyboard in your background. Who's the <laughs> musician in your house? That's uh, That was my uh, my work from home hobby. Oh, um, I, I started life way in the corner. You can see uh, alto saxophone. And then okay. I learned how to play guitar. None of it very well. The joke is <laughs> that I can I can make sounds on about six instruments. And so my project was to, to do a little recording track by track and, and try and replicate uh, replicate songs at home. That sounds fun, man. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, don't don't poo poo it. I know some guys that, uh, when I was living in New Orleans. They uh, they all just they used to get up. They called themselves a morning forty federation because they would drink a forty ounce beer first thing in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> and they all picked up instruments and they never played before. And they played you know sax and bass and guitar and everything, and they came out with some great songs. And they've had a, a great career for you know fifteen twenty years, and it just was on a whim. So it could turn into something. You never know. Impressive. I have some friends at Jazz Fest right now as we speak. I think, oh, yeah. I think they have the head start of being great New Orleans musicians. I was trying to go. I actually had a <laughs> reserved room last weekend and uh, gave it up to a friend because I wasn't able to make it. But yeah, they're they're back to in person at the yeah. Jazz Fest. Yeah. It's always every year, last week in April, last weekend in April, first weekend in May. Correct. Uh, so there's still another chance this weekend. Well, Kevin, thanks very much for your time. And I, I think this is really helpful to the IG professionals out there. And um, again, if they need more information, go to directoffice.qualcom.com. And uh, thanks again, Kevin. We appreciate you being on the program. Thank you. It's a great chat. Thank you for listening to another episode of IG Talk, the leading voice in the industry, which features IG leaders, news, events and best practices. Tune in next time to stay up to date on the changing world of information governance.